about you, but had a bit of a bit of a crazy week. <laughs> it's a bit of an understatement, isn't it? Um, and so it's so good to see all of you here this morning because you've come to the right place. You've come to the right place. It says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Do not forsake the gathering of the brethren because it's together. Christ is in the body together. He is here in this place. And we're doing a series right now on hearing the voice of God. And how much more important is that right now? We need to hear the voice of God amidst all the other voices. And actually, there's three things that I believe that God put on my heart this morning that he is saying right now. And that is, number one, fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Fear not, for I am with you, says the Lord. Number two, he's saying, look after each other. Look after each other. You are the body. You are family. Look after each other. You know, ask people how they're going. Encourage them. If you don't see someone at church, take responsibility to actually ring them and say, how are you going? Come on, let's, let's get together. And the third thing is, be prepared to give an answer the hope that is in you. Be prepared to give an answer because we should be carrying Jesus' peace wherever we go so that others will begin to ask, why are you not panicked? Why are you so peaceful? And you, then you'll be able to give them an answer. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to give an answer for that hope and that hope is Jesus. That hope is Jesus. And we can, like that scripture that Pastor Ash read this morning, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. He has not left us alone. He knew that this would happen. It's no surprise to him, so we can be assured that we are not alone, that he is with us, that he will guide us, every step, every day. So we can be confident in that. So last week we talked about the prophet Elijah and we talked about how God spoke to him through dramatic ways and we talked about how Elijah ran away and he ran to a cave and he hid and God spoke to him there in a different way but he spoke to him nonetheless. Today um, we're going to um, talk about Saul, who became Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, an amazing man of God who God spoke to in the most dramatic way. So when God speaks, often the signs are, it can be life-changing. For most of us, when God spoke into our world, a sign of it being God is that it was life-changing. Suddenly, our life takes a different path because God has spoken. For instance, 
I don't know if any of you or most of you would know Kanye, the rapper, who's very popular right now. He had a life-changing experience in his hospital bed. In the midst of depression, God spoke to him. And he is a changed person today because of that. He had a life-changing experience and heard God's voice in the midst of that moment. Some of us may have had a near-death experience. I know people that have had that, that they've been in a car crash or something like that, and God has spoken to them there. Some of us could hear the voice of God through someone else. Maybe someone else's words speak to us, and we know that it's God. But he speaks in many, many ways, and especially when he wants our attention. Some of us, unfortunately, don't respond to the subtle approach. So it requires a huge moment. So we w- I just want to read from Acts 9, 1 to 9, which is about the Apostle Paul's experience back when he was Saul and he was persecuting Christians. So we're going to read from Acts 9, 1 to 9. And it says, And Saul, still breathing out threatening and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to Damascus to the synagogues, so that if he found any of the way, that's what they were called, the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. But in going it happened as he drew near to Damascus. Even suddenly a light from the heaven shone around him and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he said, but who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And trembling and astonished, he said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you shall be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, indeed hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And Saul was lifted up from the earth. His eyes were opened, but he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days not seeing and did not eat or drink. Wow, what an amazing moment. What a crazy experience for all those traveling with Saul on a mission to deliver up the Christians, on a mission doing what he thought was right. See, see, Saul was a religious Jew. He'd been brought up and he was the best of the best at that. He was an awesome Jew. He was zealous for the religion, for religion, and he was zealous for the law. And he was going to make sure that that was done right. And he was passionately doing what he thought was right. But how many know that sometimes we can be doing what we're passionate about and what we think is right, but we're totally wrong? We're totally wrong. Saul, in his own mind, from what he understood, 
he was absolutely doing good things for God. He was doing good things for God, but he was totally wrong. He was deceived. And we can be like that too. We can be passionate for the wrong voice. You know, for Muslims, that can be like that for them. In their own minds and the way they've been brought up, they would feel like they're doing the right thing, that they're passionate for their God and they're doing the right thing. But how wrong are they because they have not heard the voice of Jesus? But you know what? Some of them are hearing the voice of Jesus now. He is appearing to them in dreams and he is setting them free. We can be so passionate for the wrong things and we can think it is so right. And until Jesus comes into that space and we hear his voice, we can be completely going down the wrong path. God blinded Saul so that he could hear his voice without distraction. So that Saul could be vulnerable in that moment so that he could hear God's voice instead of continuing his own way blindly, going his own way, causing destruction for all all of those around him. The next step for Saul was to be obedient to that voice. He needed to be obedient. Saul's spiritual eyes were opened at that moment. He was awakened in that moment spiritually. This is what happens to all of us if we are born again. If we have an encounter with Jesus, our eyes are open spiritually because it says the spirit is dead until Jesus brings our spirit alive. And our eyes are open to things that we previously did not understand. Saul immediately asked, what do you want me to do? I love this about Saul. What do you want me to do? That needs to be the cry of all of our hearts when we come to Jesus is, what do you want me to do? Not to continue down our own path that we've planned out for ourselves that we think is all well and good, but we need to stop and we need to listen and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And in that moment, Jesus responds to him. Saul's purpose was now clear. He thought his purpose was right and good. But Jesus revealed a bigger purpose to him that has changed the world, that has changed the world as we know it. What do you want me to do? Acts 26, 16 to 19. So this is where, this is a lot further on in Paul's ministry when in fact he is being persecuted. So the persecutor becomes persecuted for the right reasons. And he's explaining to the king as he comes before the king what actually happened to him and why his life became so different. It says here, after this King Agrippa, I did not disobey the heavenly vision. 
but to those first in Damascus and Jerusalem and to all the country of Judea and to the nations. I made known the command to repent and to turn to God, doing works worthy of repentance. Because of these things, having caught me in the temple, the Jews tried to kill him. So the people that he was once belonged to were now trying to kill him because his eyes were opened. So another sign that God is speaking is that his whole life has turned around. His whole life and his influence has changed and turned around. God had brought Saul from darkness to light and he'd brought him from darkness to light to do the same for other people. The spiritual awakening that the Apostle Paul had, he was to share with others. And so is the same for us, that the awakening that God does in us is to share with others, is to tell them about what happened to you, just like Saul did to the king, to share your experience of when God awakened you to what you were doing and how your life has changed. When you hear from God, you tell others. You tell others. That's a huge key. When you hear from God, you can't but help to tell others. Saul was a Pharisee persecuting Christians until he heard the voice of Jesus that absolutely stopped him in his tracks. Quite radical encounter, which obviously Saul needed because that's the type of person that he was. He needed that. Some of us need that as well. And today we are privileged to have the benefit of reading those letters that he has written because his life was changed. If you hear God's voice, like Saul, it should open your eyes to the truth. God's voice will reveal truth to you. That's what happened to Saul. His eyes were open that it was Jesus who he was persecuting. It was Jesus who was the true God and that he needed to lead people to that understanding as well. The result of us listening to God's voice is that we influence the lives of others. We influence the lives of others. So firstly, our life should be changed and then our eyes are open to the truth so that we can then help lead other people to also hear the truth. Secondly, the result of this is that we ask God what to do. Each one of us is unique and each one of us has a specific purpose. But we need to ask God, what is it that you want me to do? And it's only in that question and wanting to know the answer that we will find out for ourselves. And then we can await further direction. 
sometimes God can also use other people to affirm that message. You know, sometimes we need others, don't we? Sometimes we hear, but then we're not quite sure. And we need someone else. And we're praying, God, just bring someone else to affirm that message. I know I've done that before. And God has brought other people into our world to affirm that message. So when Saul went and he was told to wait the three days, he didn't eat and he didn't eat, drink, and he was waiting on another person. And what I love about this story is that God calls us to encourage each other that you just don't know when God is going to speak to you to encourage someone else and you could help to propel them to their destiny. We know it is God when it affirms already what is inside of us that we already partly know but maybe we're not quite sure. So I remember one time a long time ago uh, a Actually, a person that was quite senior in our life actually asked Ian and I if we would, that they, and they had it on their heart, and they asked us if we would do a church plant down south. And they thought, they really felt that this was from God and all those things. And we're like, well, we really need to go away and pray about this. And both of us, both... Pastor Ian and I just, it just didn't feel right. Just didn't feel right in our spirit. God had already put a heart for, for inside of us for Salisbury. From the moment that we walked in this building, God just gave us a heart for it. And all of a sudden, this person was telling us that they really felt that we needed to plant this church down, down south. So we thought, okay, we're, gonna, we're going to sit and, and pray about this, and we still, di- we still didn't have peace. So we asked the team of people, of leaders around us, and we said, look, could, could all of you guys, look, this has been asked of us. We really want to make sure this is right, and we want you to all go away and pray, and you want, we want you to come back to us and tell us what you think, um, and we'll pray about it as well. So there was about five other people that we had asked that we trusted. And each one of them, one by one, came back and said, we don't feel this is right. And that was just all the affirmation that we needed because it just confirmed in us that what we'd been asked to do was not right. And it, was, it just made us feel all the more secure in our answer You see, God can use other people. He can use other people in your life to affirm or deny or whatever it is to help you make those decisions. And that's why God puts us together as a body to pray and to encourage one another. So in Acts 9.10, we're going to read what happened to Saul, who became Paul. Acts 9.10. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold me, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judea for one called Saul 
of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many of this man how many evil things he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And there he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for this one is a chosen vessel to me, to hear my name before nations and kings and the sons of Israel. For I will show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. How awesome is that? God uses someone else, a disciple, to do his will, to bring another word of confirmation to Saul, to lay hands on him. But how would you feel if you were Ananias, if you knew what Saul had been doing? If you knew what Saul had been up to and how passionately he was about gathering all the Christians to bring them to court to be persecuted, and God had called you to this. You know, sometimes God calls us to the people who we are least expecting him to call us to. But Ananias was obedient. Ananias went to minister to someone who was one of the greatest uh, apostles and writers of of the New Testament in history. Like, Paul was one of the greatest apostles and he used Ananias. What a privilege to have influence into, into someone's life like that. Who knows who you have been called to? Who knows the person who you are supposed to deliver a message to? And sometimes, quite often, it's the most unlikely of people. Maybe there's the roughest, toughest person at your workplace that you're supposed to speak to. And you're like, God, why this person? You know, why that person? God knows. He knows who he has called. He knows who he has chosen. And we need to listen so that we don't miss those moments. Because even though God wants us to do that, he will use someone else if we are not obedient. And we will miss out on that privilege of being able to encourage someone else and to help someone fulfill their destiny. You see, our lives are intertwined. Our lives are intertwined. God could have done all the work himself for Saul. He really didn't need Ananias to come and minister to Saul like that. But the thing is, God has called us together and he loves to use all his people to benefit each other. We need each other. He uses people. He uses his children. Ananias fulfills the vision that Saul had seen. God uses people to fulfill his vision, your dream. We need each other. Our lives are intertwined. God spoke to them both about the same situation. How encouraging is that, that God speaks to each of us for different reasons. 
He can use others to confirm and to encourage what we have heard. I also remember a long time ago, way, way, way before we were ever pastors, someone came to um, Pastor Ian and said, I believe God has called you guys to be pastors. And we're like, what, what the heck, you know? Was, this was out of the ordinary. And it was, it was a surprise, but we had two other people come and say the same thing to us. Now, it was probably outside of what we, where we thought our life would go at the time, but it still affirmed inside of us a natural desire that was already there. They just brought it to the surface. And that's how God uses people in your life, to bring forward sometimes the dreams and the visions that are already there. But we need to be obedient. We need to act on that voice and be confident in that. Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no wisdom, the people fall. But in the multitude of wise men there is safety. Mind you, it says in the multitude of wise men. So don't ask a multitude of foolish men. A multitude of wise men, there is safety. So when you have difficult decisions to make, ask wise people. Include wise people in your decision making. We can clearly see by this story that God speaks through visions and they're life-changing. He speaks to us through other people. And he brings things to pass. Amazing miracles to pass in our lives that we never thought was possible. Because when he speaks, we need to say, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Acting on what he on what we hear, requires trust and obedience. And that's where our relationship with God and our time with him is so important, is we can only act on what God says if we trust him, if we know him, because we know that he is trustworthy. Listening to God's voice gives us purpose and direction for our lives. Every step is ordered by him if we just ask him, what do you want me to do, Lord? Let's just pray this morning. I just really believe that we're in a time more important than ever, that we need to tune in to God's voice for our lives. God is speaking, but are we listening? What is it that God wants you to do? Ask him this morning, what is it that he wants you to do? Who is it that he wants you to speak to? Who is it? Let's open our hearts this morning to hear. An encounter with God is, should be, life-changing. 
If it's not life-changing, then it wasn't God. Because an encounter with Him is life-changing, life-transforming. A moment going down the wide path becomes a turnaround onto the narrow road. The doorway to that narrow road is Jesus, only Jesus. He's the only way. If you, if this morning you're going, well, I need to know Jesus. I need, need to have that encounter with him. You've never had that encounter. You've never had that life-changing moment. Just lift up your hand this morning. We're going to pray that you have that life-changing moment. Everyone needs it. Everyone comes to that place in their life where they need to make that decision. There's only one way. Only one decision that determines the outcome of our life. And that is if we know Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. That is the only way. Not to just know of Him. Not to just believe that He exists. But to have a personal relationship with Him. That is the only way. So if that's you this morning and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, let's just lift our hands in boldness this morning and let's say, I want to know him. I want to know him. Everything in this world is held together by him. Thank you. Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. I believe there's more this morning. I really do. Jesus is calling you back to himself. Maybe to renew that relationship that you once had. He's calling you back. He's calling you back to relationship with him. Everything will change when you surrender. Amen. Let's just pray right now too. If there's anyone here in this place and you're like, you know, God has actually called me to, to do something, to go somewhere, to speak to someone, and I need to do that. Let's just acknowledge that before God. Let's just acknowledge, yes, I know there is something that God has called me to. Let's just lift our hands in this place. Let's acknowledge that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. That's awesome. Let's be obedient to that voice. That's so good. Let's just pray for these people. Thank you, mighty God, for the words that you have spoken into people's hearts this morning. I pray that you give them boldness, that you give them courage to be obedient. And in doing so, you increase their faith. You increase their boldness. God, I pray that you will speak over these people's lives. God, continue to speak your words of life, that you go with them wherever they go, mighty God, wherever they go, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's calling you to a deeper place with him to a deeper place of commitment, to a deeper place of relationship.
of complete trust. Thank you, God. You have our lives in your hands. Okay, if you want prayer this morning while we sing this last song, just come up, be bold and come to the altar and we'll pray. Amen.